Hello and welcome to the Horizon Church podcast. We exist to see lives transformed through Jesus and are located in the heart of Surrey, BC, Canada. To find out more, visit us at horizonchurch.ca. We hope this message blesses and inspires you. Good morning, good morning. Sanitize masks off, got to do everything, you know. But it is a good morning. Whether you are in your living room, on an iPad, in person later on today, or you're watching on Wednesday, who knows? We are so blessed and privileged to have technology that is able to meet every single one of your needs, whether it's busy on a Sunday, come watch on a Thursday. But we're so happy that you're with us in whatever aspect that looks like. But as Shanda said, we're jumping into our third week of our Colossian series, Jesus People. And I just want to take a moment and encourage you, like you would potentially your favorite TV show, if you miss an episode, you go back and rewatch it because whatever's going to happen isn't going to make sense unless you recap on what all the drama that happened in the previous episode. (laughs) Not that we're dramatic here, but series are important because they build off of each other. And so if you miss a couple weeks, it's not going to make sense. The connection is not going to happen as much. So it's 30 minutes, a message, take it throughout your week, listen to it, get caught up because the, the people before are paving the way for the people that are going to preach together and collectively it's going to make a world of difference um, in this series. But it's Colossians, Jesus people. Um, and if you don't know our, our verse, which is such a good verse to keep even, bind it around your neck, write it on your heart, is Colossians 3.12 would be the key. And it says, therefore... As God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And Pastor Craig did a phenomenal job a couple of weeks ago of introducing this entire series. And he spoke about the new humanity of Christ. That in this new humanity, we take off the old way, we take off the ways of the world, and we put on a new way. And the key part of that would be in verse 10, before our key verse that says, um, put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. And that's Christ. And just to kind of recap, because he did a fantastic job of of speaking, um, a few recap points of turn here. Like that's the goal. That's what we shoot for. And this new humanity that transcends all ethnic and social boundaries, um, boundary lines that live in the old way. Not saying they don't matter, not saying they're not important anymore, but what we're, what we're putting on is more than what is the ethnic, the social boundaries, anything that may try to put us in boxes or say, you're this, you're that, it's above that. In Jesus, people who are very different can walk together when they keep Jesus at the front of the line. That there be no division, there be no um, just conflict, but when we keep Jesus at the front, we can walk alongside our brothers and sisters in unity. And that as follower of Jesus should be the first thing of who we are. Not based on where our passport is, not based on um, our background or anything, but no, I am a follower of Christ and that's what my faith is based in. 
And then Daniel started last week with our first attribute characteristic of compassion. And he did a phenomenal job of talking about um, the Good Samaritan being the least of those walking down a street, having the urgency that was so deep and so powerful within him that it caused him to action to help someone. And compassion doesn't just stop with feeling sorry for someone. Compassion demands action. That compassion performs where empathy falls short. So that's a little bit of the recap of where we've come from. Again, I didn't do due diligence of what the messages were, so go back if you missed those. But today we're gonna uh, talk about kindness, our second characteristic here. And I'm gonna describe, um, in my opinion, what may be one of the best feelings in the world for me. I'll set this up here. You're in a drive-through of a coffee shop. I'm not gonna say which one because I don't wanna start a civil war here. A coffee shop. It's maybe Thursday, it's like 2.30, it's been a long week, you're not sure how you're gonna get through the rest of us, you're like, I need a coffee. Like I need something to get me through the rest of the week. And maybe it's like not quite in the budget, maybe you're like, I shouldn't be doing this, but man, I really need another cup of coffee to get me through it. So you're, sh you're shuffling through, uh, you know, those containers in the car of like looking for spare change, maybe there's a loony here, a toonie here, like I gotta make this work, I gotta have that cup of coffee. So you drive up to the window and the barista pops out. Hey, no charge. The person in front of you paid for your drink. That like sends like warm, fuzzy feelings through my entire body. I'm like, you wanna say that again? What? I get the coffee, but I don't have to pay for it? What? To me, that's some of the best feeling in the world because it was unexpected. It was a random act of kindness. I may never see that person in front of me. I may never know their story. I may never, I could walk by them on the side of the street and I may never know them. And who knows what prompted it. Maybe they got a promotion that day and they're just so joyful and so excited that they're so like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay for someone's drink. Who knows why? Or maybe someone before them paid for their drink and it was a pay it forward, keep it going. Or maybe someone had finished an exam and they were just riding that high and just felt so good and so they were sharing in the joy. We don't know why things do this or why people do this. It's random acts of kindness. It comes out, it's a reaction, emotional reaction of situations and circumstances. And did you know that we have a day, November 13th, World Kindness Day? Like how crazy is that? That we appreciate kindness so much that we dedicated a day to it, to highlight it, to encourage what's happening in the world. That's fantastic. The definition of World Kindness Day is celebrating random acts of kindness and positivity. But as we're beginning to look at kindness, especially in the context of Colossians 3, there's a key word in this definition of the holiday. That is the difference between worldly kindness and kingdom kindness, and that's random. The world celebrates, yes, people are being kind, that's amazing, we're not sure how, we're not sure how to reproduce it, but it's happening, cool, let's make a, let's make a holiday out of it, that's awesome. But random acts of kindness. You can have nonprofits, you can have organizations, you can have campaigns, you can have pay it forwards, you can have feed the hungry, etc. But all of these things 
are very similar in the way that they come out of a surplus or an overflow of what someone has. I've been blessed, therefore I'm going to bless. Or I inherited so much, therefore I think I'm going I'm to start this. Overflow in a surplus. It's cliche, but during Christmas time, you have the Hallmark videos, you know? It's always the, <laughs> you watch them, don't deny it, they're there, they're good. But you have the very wealthy CEO of a company person who's like, kind of like the non-emotional type, and then he or she like meets someone special, and they want to show that they have a caring side, and so they go and feed the homeless on Thanksgiving. Like, it's in every movie. It's there. But it's a representation of this person has much. They've been blessed. They have lots. And so they, therefore, need to show that they're being kind and giving to those around them. Birth out of a surplus or an overflow. But sometimes kindness is recognized as something that you're born with. That we chalk it up to, no, they're just naturally kind people. And there's no way to go about that. They're lucky, they're fortunate, they're born in kindness, and that's, and that's just the way it goes. We have our Mother Teresas, our Gandhis, our Mr. Rogers that are just naturally kind to people. But we leave it at that. When the world looks at things that they say that people are born with it, or people are born with millions, therefore they can be kind, or more often than not, that kindness is an emotional response based on people's situations and circumstances. That if we do something, we will probably get something as a reward. I do this to get. Whether it's recognition, whether it's, it's gonna come back to me in some other way, I do something so that it will come back. Albert Einstein said this, said if people are only good because they fear punishment and hope for a reward, then we are a sorry lot indeed. That hits heavy. That wakes something up inside of me of what's my intentions and why do I do things. But before we jump into more of kindness, I kind of want to take a step back and look at our previous week on compassion. Compassion is sympathetic pity or concern for sufferings or misfortunes of others to do mercy to someone, not just a feeling for someone. It's the feelings, it's what's inside of us. It's something stirring so strongly that it's causing us to take action. And kindness is an act of helping someone in need. Purely just an act. But when we look at Colossians 3.12 and we see these five characteristics, we all know, if you've been a follower of, of Jesus, that he's very careful in the words that he chooses. So therefore, he was very careful when he chose these five characteristics. The wording was very careful because the wording meant meaning and the meaning was meant to come to us in order to follow in his example. But beyond that, I think wholeheartedly that in this verse, the order of the five characteristics was very important. You see, kindness or an act without compassion, without the feeling is just action, made fully for the observation of others. Now, some people may say, oh, that, that's okay. What's wrong with that? Doing actions, just doing something for the, for the cause of it? Like, the Bible talks about these people. They're called Pharisees. 
self-righteous men. And in Matthew 6, 1 to 2, it says, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and on the streets, to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in heaven. And to me, this is where Jesus gets a little sassy. Like, he's just telling people, they got what they're going to get, and that's it. That's all they're, they're going to be. Yeah, it was recognized by everyone around them, but that's it. But the kindness that Paul is talking about in Colossians is a kindness that comes from an outpouring of what's inside. Referring back to our verse 10 about uh, renewed in the knowledge and image of its creator. It starts with the heart and it goes outwards. Kindness is a reflection and action of what's inside, which is compassion. It's an extended for the benefit of others rather than an act to get something or receive recognition. You can do kind acts, you can give millions, you can start organizations, but if you don't start with that compassion piece first, then you're missing the biggest part of all this and that's relationship. The relational aspect of me to someone else. And later in Colossians 3.14, it says, and over all of these, put on love, which bind them together in perfect unity. That's the whole key here. That filters down like a funnel. It all comes down to this, that if we don't have that compassion inside that then stirs us to action, that then stirs us to kindness, then there's a disconnect between people because God is about love, Lord, love towards us and people and love towards us and him, or else then it's just an act. Being observed by others, maybe us wanting recognition or reward for it. Now, how do we walk out the kingdom kindness? We know the worldly kindness, but how do we walk out this kingdom kindness? Well, Jesus would be our greatest example in this. And of course, he's the greatest example in all attributes, but he, he does this so well and so, and so intentionally. Jesus walks out the lifestyle of kindness with intentionality and consistency. He was intentional in every situation because he did not want to miss an opportunity to show the love of God to others. And more often than not, us people, we disciples, are the distraction for him in those situations because we like to hustle. We like to keep going. So many times the disciples are like, Jesus, we got to go. We got to go. We have an agenda. We got places to go. We got people to see. Come on, come on, let's go. But Jesus walked at his own pace, a pace of life where he could keep one ear open and one eye opened to the things around him, to the people around him so that he wouldn't miss opportunities. He walks in his own pace so that it gives him the opportunity to walk in kindness. He's consistent in his kindness. It's a way of life for him. It's a habit. It's a lifestyle. He doesn't take a day off. I don't take a day off being me. I might try to sometimes, but you know, I don't take a day off. <laughs> I'm Katie through and through every single day. I can't change that. I am who I am. 
In the same way, Jesus doesn't stop being kind because it's a part of him. It's exactly who he is. So he can't take a day off and he, he persistently and intentionally walks in that every single day. And a verse that describes this so beautifully is found in Lamentations 3, 22 to 23. It says, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. How do we know that Jesus walked in this consistently? Because his compassions are new every single morning. Without fail, great is your faithfulness because every single day he walks with intentionality to those around him, showing the love of God in kindness. In Luke 22, 49 to 51, we're going to look at a couple of key examples um, how Jesus walked out kindness in many different aspects. Luke 22, 49 to 51. And this, to give context, Jesus is out praying. The disciples are sleeping. Judas is coming. He's betraying his master. It's a time when Jesus is being led to, and eventually will be the cross. But this is that part in here. And it says, when Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And they didn't really wait for him to answer because one of them stroke his sword. Um, And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. Jesus answered, no more of this. He touched the man's ear and healed him. Now imagine this, you're being led to your inevitable death. That's kind of a bad day. Anyone might have said, you know what? I don't really want to I don't want to be involved in this right now. I'm kind of having a bad day. I'm going to go die for you, for all of humanity. I think you guys can figure this situation out yourself. Bye. He could have had a bad day. He could have responded emotionally to the situation and let the violence happen. But instead, he stopped it. He healed the man. And he moved on. If his kindness was birthed out of surplus or an overflow, he wouldn't have been kind because there was nothing left as he was being led to his death. But the kindness of Christ is not birthed or rooted in this world. We don't get to choose or we don't react out of emotion with our kindness. And more specifically, we don't get to choose who we show our kindness to. That's not what we do. That's not part of our job. But our kindness is rooted in the renewal and image of Christ. Referring back to our verse 10. Another very famous story. And if you were in uh, Sunday school, uh, you would have known this. And there's a fun song that goes with it. It'll probably get stuck in your head. It did me when I was doing this. Zacchaeus, wee little man, wee little. Chief tax collector. Again, this is found in Luke. I really like Luke today, so we're going to be planting in Luke for a bit. Uh, Luke 19, 5 to 7. says, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and saw him. Jesus was walking through the city. Zacchaeus couldn't see him, so he was climbing up on a tree to see Jesus. So he's, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw us and began to mutter. I love that word, mutter, (laughs) because it doesn't do anything good. (laughs) 
People get together, they start mumbling, they start muttering. It's like, oh, this isn't, this isn't going to be good. He has gone to the guest of a sinner, is what they were saying. Now, kindness isn't always an action. Like feeding someone or healing someone. Sometimes it's a gesture that tears down barriers and walls that this world has built up and put on someone. Why couldn't Jesus go and dine with a sinner? Who's to say? Who's to tell him? And Paul talks about this before in Colossians 3.11. It says, here, there is no Gentile, no Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free, but Christ is all and is in all. We don't get to choose who, we don't get to choose who deserves it. Our response is that we walk in kindness to all because Christ is all and Christ is in all. As Christ followers, this is the verse that we need to remind ourselves of daily. I need to remind myself of this daily. In a world where there's so many groups of people, some people being defined by labels, some people not being defined by labels, some people having a hundred different labels, some people not liking labels at all, that doesn't matter. There's no Jew, no Gentile here when we place the kingdom of God upon ourselves because we are all here together as Christ followers. Walking in kindness means that we are not swayed or influenced by these. They aren't a factor in how or who we show kindness to because Christ is in all and Christ is all. Many examples of Jesus showing kindness, but one in particular that's my favorite is found in Luke 8. 43 to 48. I told you I like Luke a lot. And the woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Hmm. Moving on. But no one could heal her. She came up behind Jesus and touched the edge of his cloak and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. And when they all denied, Peter said, Master, there's, there's people, there's crowds. Everyone's bumping into everyone. It, it doesn't matter. This doesn't matter. But the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. In the presence of all the people, she told why she touched him and how she had been instantly healed. And then he said to her, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Once again, we see disciples trying to, to hurry, to go at a pace of life that maybe they would miss things around them or miss people or miss opportunities. And Jesus could have ignored this. He could have thought, oh, someone touched me. It's not a big deal. Moving forward. And I don't think he stopped or asked about it because he was concerned or worried or annoyed. I think he knew something happened and he wanted to be intentional with the situation because the situation involved a person. He wanted to extend kindness to her, to acknowledge her, to show her that she mattered. Because she might have been someone that people might have been overlooked. Someone who had a disease for 12 years. Maybe she wasn't important anymore. Maybe she didn't matter. But in stopping and asking who it was and then acknowledging her, 
he restored her life in society. Everyone being able to see that he had healed and that he recognized her, meaning she got her life back. Her life in society was then restored. We don't get to choose who we show kindness to. We don't get to choose how we show kindness to. And I want to make it a bit personal for you right now as we end slowly at some point, maybe. Luke 6, 32 to 34 says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. The world desperately, desperately needs kindness. But I think the church does too. There's, it's not a coincidence that the five attributes in Colossians 3 are relational. They're meant to be how we interact with each other and how we interact with God. And we can do the worldly kindness. We can go buy groceries for the widow down the street. We can help the neighbor who might be an atheist fix his car and get to know him. We could financially support and send letters to children across the world who need it. But sometimes it's impossible that we lose our grace for kindness with our brothers and sisters in the church. Whereas rumors or, oh, so-and-so was talking about me, so I think I'm going to go over here and talk about them with my friends, and all of a sudden, division is birthed out of that. Or if we may not like how someone leads or how they, how they uh, communicate with people, all of a sudden, we're having passive-aggressive comments back to them. Yeah, my words... I'm saying the right words, but my underlying tone is not kind. I may say the right things, but my heart isn't in the right place. Maybe something someone said or did was taken out of context, and now all of a sudden it starts a domino effect and division happens. Whereas us being Christ followers, we are meant to build up. We are meant to encourage. We are meant to speak life, which means we are meant to be kind. We need to stop being the accountability police. It's not our job. It's not our job to say, oh, you didn't act biblical in that way, but I'm going to act differently because I've given myself the freedom to. But, but you can't do that. Who gives us the authority to tell people, you need to do better, but I'm going to respond however way I want to? Paul mentions later in Colossians, this says, bear with each other, forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. We're humans. We're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to offend. We're going to hurt. And we're not always going to get our way. But the goal here is that what Jesus did is to be intentional and consistent in our kindness. Proverbs 15:1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. 
we have a choice to make when we're facing those situations. Yeah, I could say what, I, what I'm emotionally feeling right now, and yeah, I can get it out, and it could tear up, and it could blow up the situation right now, or I could take a breath, and I could say a gentle answer, allowing the person that is in this situation to then re- also respond in gentleness. There's a choice to be made there. And as I close here, this quote just basically wraps everything up together. It's by a theologian named Albert Schweitzer. And he says, constant kindness can accomplish much. As the sun makes the ice melt, kindness can cause misunderstanding, mistrust, and hostility to evaporate. Let us be people who, just like Jesus, strive not for perfection in us or others, but strive to be intentional and consistent in kindness. And maybe that looks like in your week, this week of asking the Holy Spirit, God, what are you asking of me this week? Maybe it's carrying around some cash for whoever you run into and when Jesus nudged, hey, that person, that person needs help. Or maybe it's helping your neighbor out who you may not get along with, but having a conversation lets you get to know him a bit better and his story. Or maybe it's saying a gentle answer in response to a conversation. Whatever that looks like, as we are God's chosen people, holy and beloved, let us walk out with intention, kindness that is rooted in Christ. We hope you enjoyed this message from Horizon Church. To find your next step, visit horizonfam.ca. Have a great week.